it's okay to grieve. I think there's nothing like losing your child. The yep. pain is unexplainable. God calls certain people, uh, like myself and my husband, to uh, a death of a child. It's a very unique, and I really want to say special place to be. And if we would just step back a little bit and embrace God, embrace him and everything that he is, he will manifest himself to us. He will show us grace upon grace and uh, the sky is the limit. Welcome to Grace in 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. This is Ed Mellick, and I'll be your host for the program tonight. Tonight's guest lost her 10-year-old daughter in a drowning accident. Amazingly, this led her to a deeper, more thankful relationship with God. Julie Madbundo joins us to talk about the biggest turning point in her life, as well as her work as the founder of Julie's Heart Cry, an organization that helps parents who are grieving the loss of a child, as well as at-risk pregnant women around the world. Julie, welcome to Grace and 30. Thank you for having me. Let's just kick off talking about when you first heard about uh, your daughter's accident. Yes, it was a, a Tuesday, and uh, I went to my local church for evangelism outreach. And so uh, when I came back to the church to get in my car, I turned my phone on. I saw all these phone calls, and I said, whoa, what is this? So I called my husband. I said, honey, I'm on my way home. Tell Irene I'm coming. He said, no, 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 don't come home. Go to the hospital. So that's how I find out. Oh, that must have been. So, but he, did he tell you anything about her status at the time? Or? He just said that there was an accident and uh, to not to come home, but to, to go to the hospital. And did he know at the time himself her condition? or? Yes, yes, because when it actually happened, the neighbors who pulled her out of the pool ran over to the house to get him to go to the pool to see her lifeless body. Mm -hmm. But she wasn't actually de declared dead until she was actually in the hospital, correct? the hospital, correct? yes. Mm -hmm. So what, I mean, we can't even imagine. Most people don't lose a child, especially mm -hmm. a, a young child. What were those first hours and days and weeks like? Oh, my goodness. Um, I remember uh, driving to the hospital vaguely. I don't even exactly remember how I got there. But I got there, and when I got into the entrance of the hospital, there were people on the floor just praying and seeking the face of God on our behalf. And uh, uh, it's, it was just amazing. And when we finally got in, the doctor said, you know what, um, there's nothing we could do. We've tried for 45 minutes. But it was a very difficult week. It was a difficult week. Did you sleep at all? No. <laughs> no, we finally, uh, a doctor finally gave us a little bit of something to sleep, but that didn't even work. So. Mm. You mentioned to me, we talked on the phone when we were preparing for this interview, mm -hmm. that God led you to worship him despite experiencing such a, a tragic loss. So tell people what you meant by that. Oh, yes, yes. Um, right after the funeral, um, uh, I was pacing. I was in the house and I was just pacing. I just couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I, could, I couldn't function. So... I just called out to God. I said, I, could, I was screaming, literally. I said, God, why is this so hard? And I remembered a book, a scripture in a book that someone gave me. And I looked at the scripture. I went and found it. And the scripture was Matthew eleven thirty. It says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It was like a light bulb went off in my mind. And it was like, I knew what to do. God's grace. 
I will never leave you nor forsake you. And when I called out to him, he responded with the scripture. And that was the beginning of an amazing journey with the Lord. Yeah, I know a lot of people that look at that scripture and they scoff at it. They're like, oh, they're in the middle of pain and difficulty and they say, my yoke is easy to bear. Are you kidding me? But yet you had a very different response. You sort of embraced that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. God brought me to it. He allowed me to to come to that point. And uh, for, I, I'm sure somebody prayed for me because I wasn't in the space of praying at the time. But somebody prayed for me, and I can't wait to meet that person someday. But that scripture was the foundation of my relationship with the Lord through the death of our daughter. So things kind of rebuilt. You rebuilt your life, and you, you told me things about you know, even going to the cemetery, that's a very different experience yes. for you than it would be for other parents. Yes, I know it's going to sound strange, but I loved going to the cemetery. We would go, my husband and I would go and pray and worship. And it seemed like every time that I would go, God would reveal something to me. He would manifest himself to me. He would show grace to me every time I went. You were born in Central African Republic? Yes. Okay, yes. in a remote village. I, I listened to you on your website, watched the video. Will you talk about your mom? Tell us that story, what happened. Uh, I, I was born, yes, in a remote village in Central okay. African Republic uh, to a pastor and his wife. And so when, when she gave birth to me, because of abuse from midwives, she passed away. And so the tradition of the tribe that I belong to is when a, when a mother dies from giving birth, you bury the baby with the mother, even if the baby is alive, which I was alive. Um, and one of the deacons said, no, 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 we're believers now. Let's send word out to the missionary who's working in our town about a day's walk away and let her come and see if she's okay. And that was the nurse who ended up adopting me. And, yeah. and what was her name? May Allen. And so she adopted you, took care of you, raised you. Do you look back on that now and just say, well, what a wonderful thing for someone to do? I mean. Yes, yes. It's it's grace, grace, grace. She was 52 years old when I came along. Mm. So she wasn't young. Had she adopted other children? No, I was the only one. She never married. So wow. I was the only one, yes. So she was working as a missionary in a nearby town. Mm -hmm, a and, medical nurse. And she just raised you on her own. Yes, oh, that's, yes. That's amazing. And did you ever leave the country or did you pretty much stay? I didn't leave the country until I was married to Cyrus and we had our first daughter. So I stayed in Central Africa all that time. So tell us about one of the many things, and you do several things with Julie's Heart Cry. You're very busy with that uh, yes. organization. But one of them is to help grieving parents. Yes. So how do you do this? What are the precious insights that you can share? Maybe somebody's listening and they've lost a child, gone through this experience. What, what sort of things can you share with them to encourage them and, and direct them to resources that are really helpful? Well, this may sound harsh, I hope it doesn't, but God is not out to get us. He's not. He is for us. He wants to help us to mature and for he wants to manifest himself to us in a very unique and special way tailored for us. And so I really believe that God calls certain people uh, like myself and my husband to uh, a death of a child. It's a very unique, and I really want to say special place to be. And if we would just step back a little bit and embrace God, embrace him and everything that he is, he will manifest himself to us. He will show us grace upon grace and uh, the sky is the limit. 
So you've genuinely felt this and you're sort of feeling like, I want to share that with other people. Yes. I want them, them to know that this is real. And, and it's okay to grieve. The yeah. scripture never said we shouldn't grieve. It's okay to grieve. I think what what Julie's heart cry wants to do is to help parents not to burn that bridge between them and God because it's so easy to do. Because of anger? Because of anger, because of the pain. Uh, th- there's nothing like it. There's nothing. I lost a mother, but there's nothing like losing your child. The yep. pain is unexplainable. Do you see all sorts of reactions in people who have lost children? Yes. And and you sort of have to tailor your, how you absolutely encourage them and support them based absolutely. on how they're reacting? Yes. You know, someone said once time, a, a pastor, I can't think of his name right now, he said that um, grief and trauma doesn't make you. It reveals who you are. Mm-hmm. And so when some of the tragedy like that happens, it's going to reveal where you are spiritually. And so we look for that as we talk to, to parents. Where are they spiritually? And it, it's, it's, it's contingent on what we say. So you don't want to go in there throwing scriptures around and, and so forth and so on. But you listen. You, you have to do a lot of listening to tailor what you say specific to that particular mother, to that particular father. Yeah, it's interesting. We have all sorts of guests we've had on this program, well over 130, 140 people. And there's certain things they say over and over and over. And you just said one of them, which is listening. Mm-hmm. We're not really good yes, at listening, no. <laughs> especially in the American culture. It's so just be loud and, and stomp all over everybody. Mm-hmm. But you say that's probably one of the biggest keys to, to helping people is to listening Absolutely. to them. What, what other key things? I mean, how could if we know someone who has lost a child, I mean, what should we do? Ask them to share about their child. I think sometimes we hesitate, but you know, we, uh, us as moms or parents, we love talking about our children. And it's just that awkward thing. And, and you just don't know what to say. You don't know what to do, but it's okay. Ask them. So tell me about so-and-so. What was your favorite time? Best memory? Ask them. And it just opens that person up to just share their heart with you. So, Julie, let's talk about Julie's Heart Cry. We, we, some of the work that you do there is helping grieving parents, mm-hmm. but you're also doing work with at-risk uh, women who are pregnant, at-risk yes. overseas in particular. Tell us how you got into that. I have to believe what happened with your mom sort of informed that a little bit. That did. That did. But really, getting into the uh, sanctity of life thing started with me at the age of 16. I uh, grew up in a Christian home, but I wasn't saved. And so when I was 16, I found myself pregnant. And so I had an abortion. And I didn't feel any guilt or shame at all. I just went on with my life until I got saved. When I knew the Lord I, and I realized how much he forgave and the weight of it all. And um, so, yes, that's where it started. And so I wanted to extend to other young women, other women, uh, ladies, what I didn't have. You mentioned to me on the phone someone you were talking to uh, that, that said that forgiveness, God, and abortion. I have never heard these words together. Yes. I, and yes. What, you know what? How should Christians be reacting? You know to this issue, and in particular to people who find themselves in these difficult situations. What's a Christ-like response? Oh, well, you know, when I th- we, we tend to think abortion is the top of the list for for sin, and when you think it, look back in the Garden of Eden. Uh, the first fall, the first sin was a piece of fruit. Mm. You know, when you think about that, it's just like, you know, they disobeyed by eating a piece of fruit. 
So when you think of that and you compare, you, you shouldn't compare, but you look at um, the abortion issue, it's, it's the same. It's the same as lying. It's the same as uh, pride. It's the same. And I think it's hard for us to wrap our mind around that. And so um, it's, it's one of those things where we, we really, really have to, uh, within ourselves, we're unable to do it. But when we are truly having the heart and mind of Christ, you can't help it. When you realize what you've been forgiven of, you know, just look, just look in the mirror and just look at you, what God has forgiven from you. Yeah, I think C.S. Lewis said to be a Christian is to forgive the inexcusable because God forgave the inexcusable yes, of us. Yes, yes. And, and, and it's actually a good thing to, to go through these difficult things and then to have that sort of a greater empathy and compassion for people. Absolutely. So it's funny you say this. Um, you know, the scriptures are clear that if a person who commits one sin mm-hmm. is as guilty as the person who's breaking all, broken all of the laws. Absolutely. We have a really hard time with that. We, we look do. at something like abortion, and it's a, a terrible thing, killing a, an unborn child, mm-hmm. a def- mm-hmm. truly, truly, utterly Absolutely. defenseless. It is. And, and it's almost a, an assault by the mother on their own child. Mm-hmm. We've ranked these different things, and we put certain people in a different boat. There's the abortion people, and then everybody else is over here. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you how do you disarm people with that? How do you go into a situation and make people feel just loved no matter what, accepted no matter what? Well, I found, you know, when Jesus healed uh, people, not all the time, but he would say, go tell your friends and family what I've done for you and how I have compassion on you. I found by telling my story, it disarms people. When I tell my story and I tell about God's grace and how now I'm sharing openly, uh, I remember God gave me an opportunity to to share with some students in in Kenya, 5,000 school students, and I was throwing scripture at them. It was at their chapel service, and I could see this blank look on their face. And when I I just remembered, share your story. And when I shared my story, it was just amazing. The room shifted, and they realized, oh, She's not here to condemn us, to judge us. She's one of us. She's just pointing us to grace. You had four pillars, really, of what yes. you do with Julie's Cry. One is where, and so you're, tell us about uh, what we haven't talked about in the birthing centers, the things like that. Yes. Yeah, so the, the first pillar of, of, of Julie's Heart Cry is um, birthing centers. And the reason we, 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 we looked at building birthing centers, rural villages in Africa, is because this is something most people don't know, is that the, the traditional midwives, there's a, so much abuse going on. Like, I'll give you an example. Last year, this is still going on. I went to visit my family in Central Africa Republic, and my sister-in-law was telling me about a friend of her friend whose 17-year-old daughter walked to the hospital to have a baby. And there you go in by yourself. There's husbands don't go in. Nobody goes in with you, just you and the midwives. And so she went in healthy, 17 year old. And because of the beating and the abuse, physical abuse on this poor girl, she ended up dying and so did her baby. You mean during the delivery? During the delivery. By the midwife. By the midwives. That seems yes. completely counterintuitive. It's still going on. That's how my mother died. Hmm. So it's still going on to this day. So by building these birthing centers, rural villages where the midwives aren't trained, we will build these birthing centers so these uh, women can go there with trained midwives to help them bring their precious babies into the world. So I have to ask the question, what, why do they think beating someone delivering a baby is a good thing to do what's the what's the thought well first of all for example the 17 year old girl was her first time we all know when it's your first baby it takes a long time for you to fully dilate 
but they don't understand that. So when you're having contractions, you are going to push that baby. So because I'll, I'll spare you the gruesome of what they do stories, but because they don't understand dilation, they're going to force you to push that baby no matter what. And so it's, it's yes. These things are just, you know, you hear this and it's, it's shocking to us, but we do things ourselves here that we think are advanced and, mm-hmm. and cause damage as well. Yeah. So what are the other pillars? Yes, yeah, so we have the birthing center and we have a girl's home. So what we do is uh, we partner with universities where their policy is uh, when you're pregnant, when a girl finds herself pregnant, you have to leave, have your baby and come back. But they found that the girls were leaving, having abortions and coming back because they want to in, uh, continue their education. So we partner with the university and they give us property, piece of land, and we build this girl's home where there's uh, bedrooms, full kitchen, uh, everything. They, they beam in the, the lectures into the room and we're in the lab there and they, they can finish their education, have their baby, and um, they can give the baby for adoption or take the baby home with them when they graduate. And be better able to get a job. Absolutely. Uh, that's, so more pillars? Yes, yes, yes. And so the, the, uh, the other pillar is... Um, of course, you talked about the grieving, and the other one's about the refugees, working with refugee women and women IDP camps. And so that's a long story how I got to that, but um, that's what we do. Well, it's interesting. You may want to mention, I, you, you told me that two of your sisters were kidnapped. Yes. And that your, your, one, your brothers was killed. Yes, by and, radical Muslims, yes. And that this was sort of a turning point for you in, yes. in what you're working on. Let me just share briefly what happened. Sure. Um, a friend of mine was telling me that... Um, I need to look into women's uh, working with min- women's ministry, but working with women in refugee camps and IDP camps. And I said, no, 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 that's too complicated. I don't want to do it. A year later, my two sisters were kidnapped with other women in the town. Our town was totally, totally destroyed. And those same Muslim groups ended up killing my brother. And so that was my cue. Like, okay, Julie, I said, okay, all right, Lord, I'll do this. <laughs> so and, and here so we you, are. You dove in. What is on your heart when you, this work you're doing with Julie's Heart Cry, you're working with people who are grieving, you're working with people who are at risk. What are some of the things you're learning and seeing and that you really want to share when you talk to someone, you sort of, you know, do you have like an elevator pitch that if I don't say anything else, I want to make sure I convey this message or this point? What God has called me to do is not unique to Julie. He has a plan and a calling for every single one of us. And um, I don't want people to think, oh, Julie's special. I'm, I'm a nobody, but by God's grace, I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing because he's led me to it. Um, so uh, every, every single one of us, we have something. And I think if we really seek the face of God and we're willing to step out in faith, and, and doing something that you know for sure, beyond a shadow of doubt, this is what God wants you to do. It will come to pass. So, how do you? How do you? Did you just kind of realize that? Was it a combination of the experiences you had been through, and you know, your birth, and your experiences? You also have experience with a, a daughter who yes. had an, a, an unwanted pregnancy, correct? Yes. Yes. What happened there? Oh my goodness! Yes. Uh, so, our daughter, um, five years ago, she she got pregnant out of wedlock, and she um, gave birth to an amazing grandson. Um, but when we first heard it, 
it was not pretty in our home. It was not pretty. Uh, we kind of sort of got over it quickly before our grandson came. But if I may just mention something here, of all the friends that we knew at the time, I tried to call my friends and let them know, you're going to see a baby on Facebook. You know, don't, we didn't kidnap a baby from somewhere. It's actually our grandson. It was amazing to me. Our friends who were non-believers, they were more, they extended more grace to us than our Christian friends. Wow. And I, we, I, I, that was just an awakening for me. I didn't know that. I didn't know that we were that uh, judgmental um, on, on people. And so... Meaning the church, meaning yes, Christians. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so that was a big lesson for us. And this, this friend of ours, she actually said, you need to throw her out of the house. And I said, I can't do that. I really can't do that. Then you might as well close all of the pregnancy centers in the United States, because that's really what we're doing for her. But as long story made short, uh, she found herself pregnant again uh, the second time. And um, I wanted to wring her neck. I'm sorry. I did. But God's like, Julie, you know what? Think of how much I've forgiven of you every single day. Yeah, I think all the time about Christ hanging on the cross. I mean, they, they just destroyed him and beat him yes, horribly and spat yes. on him and mocked him and nailed him to a cross. And he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what yes. they're doing. That is, I mean, well, none of us can achieve that level, yeah. but that should be the point we're moving towards. That I'm, should be I'm working our goal. on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we laughed before the interview. We were talking about, you know, we're humans. You know, The yeah. scripture says we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing mm. this great treasure mm -hmm. makes it clear our power comes from god and not yes. from ourselves oh yes we're still going to have our moments and i was yes. laughing you know teasing you and saying what was what was cyrus like when he first heard about <laughs> this as a dad and finding this out and you yeah. have a normal reaction but then you you pull yourself back in mm -hmm. you seek guidance yes. and and you handle it differently yes so you just had that second grandchild yes um, he's two weeks old beautiful arthur yes and so you were down there for the delivery yes and uh, everything went well everything went well and uh uh, there's there's still a part of us, well, I'll speak for myself, a part of me that is still, uh, you know, how could you? Uh, but I, again, I'm sure God says that about me too. Julie, how could you? You know better. Yeah. You know, so it's a, it's a daily humbling moment for me. So let me ask you to share with people. At first, I, I would love for you to tell us, define grace. How is grace to you personally? Um, <sighs> grace is love unmerited love grace is god just showing up at your worst moments one of the best examples i have is when we still lived in lynchburg we were, i was going to this bible study it was dead middle of winter and i was late and so the parking lot was full and so uh, i was i had to walk to get to the bible study and i was like i hate this church i'm not going to come back to this church anymore how dare they whoever who designed this parking lot blah 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 and I was just, just messed up mentally, spiritually, really. And along comes this car next to me and says, ma'am, can I give you a ride? I was like, okay, Lord. Um, in my worst moments, grace showed up. Share with us the gospel. Oh, the gospel. Oh, Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all of, to me, what is the gospel? To me, it's being the hands and feet of Jesus, having the heart of Christ, having the mind of Christ, and taking that to the lost world, and letting the lost world know that I was just like you, 
And it was love and grace that changed my life. And this is what I want to tell you. This is what I want to share with you. And opening our hearts and, and our, our, our hearts and minds and our lives to people who are lost and say, you know what? It's okay. There's grace available. There's grace available. And Jesus, it's all through Jesus. And he's, he's for you, not against you. That's beautiful. You know, Jesus has become a four-letter word, and yet when you really open up the Bible and read about him, he's just amazing. Yeah, amazing. He's, he's irresistible. Yes. And, and, and every he never answers a single question the way you think he will. No. And, I mean, he's no. just... So talk about Jesus, how your relationship with him and how it's real and, and, and what it means to you. Oh, goodness. Uh, one of my favorite um, scriptures is that uh, the scripture says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I know sometimes in the midst of it or while you're in a valley, you tend to forget that. But once you, you come back to yourself and you're like, yes, he will never leave me nor forsake me. And so even through the death of our daughter, through the two pregnancies of our daughter and my mother dying of, of, of stroke and my arms and he, he's right there. He's right there. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that uh, your, your mom was really close to Irene. Irene, yeah. yeah, and that it really, the minute she died, it did have a profound effect yes, on her. Yes. And it sort of you know, aged her, accelerated that very quickly. Yes, it sure did. Yeah, it's amazing how, you know, with my, my wife, when our daughter came home from college, she got better for a year. Mm. And when she was heading back, she, she got sick again. Mm. And there's a, there's a wow. lot of power in that. Yeah. So listen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for I, having I, I really, me. really appreciate thank it sharing so much. very personal things with us. If people want to find out more information about you, just juliesheartcry.org. Yes, sir. That's it. Anything yes. else you want to point us to? That is it. And pray for the ministry. Check it out. All right. Super. Thank you. The recording of the program can be found at thegraceand30.com and wera.fm websites, as well as on iTunes and Stitcher. This is Ed and Julie signing off from Grace and 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. Have a great night and be sure to tune into Grace.